Hey everybody, welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis. This week we talk to Nigel Anderson, the owner of Scuba Bar on Fulong Beach. We'll talk about scuba diving here in Taiwan and how it's changed over the years. Nigel, could you please give me just your full name and uh, where you work and all that good stuff? Uh, my name is Nigel Anderson. I'm from Canada, and uh, I work at Scuba Bar on the Beach. It's a dive shop slash restaurant in Fulong Beach. Excellent. How long has uh, Scuba Bar been there? Uh, we've just completed our fourth season. Fourth season is in like four years or four? Four years. Yeah. Okay. Oh, very cool, man. And uh, how is business? Uh, each year it gets uh, a little busier, but in the winter times we we still get business, but it's a much much quieter. Okay, so what are some of the hot spots for scuba here in Taiwan? Uh, there would be five hot spots. They're Green Island, uh, Orchid Island, Kenting. Recently, Shaliocho is getting more popular, and in the north here, the northeast coast. So uh, traditionally, it's Lomdong, but since we opened in Fulong, uh, it's basically the whole northeast coast around Fulong. What can you expect from a scuba session, like the color of the water, the sea life that you get to see? And then uh, what, what are some of the distinctions between the five spots? Okay, well, in the south, it has a better reputation as being better scuba diving, but from my experience, that's not true. The reason is, uh, in the south, you have better visibility, and that has to do with river runoff, because in the north, we have lots of big mountains and more runoff, so we have worse visibility. But it's not bad. It's seven meters on average, but sometimes as much as 20, 30 meters, but usually about seven meters. And with sea life, I, I personally, from my own experience, feel there's more species of fish and here in the north than in the south. Uh, things that you can expect to see. Recently, we've been seeing more sea turtles uh, this, this past summer. And uh, there's like eels and um, octopus and cuttlefish and pretty much anything that you can see in the Philippines that you've seen on, on TV or on the internet, you can see here in Taiwan. There is an exception, I would say, which is uh, reef sharks. I haven't seen any reef sharks in, diving in Taiwan. However, you can see the hammerhead shark uh, in the wintertime in, in the south. The hammerhead shark in the south here? Yeah, you can see it in Green Island, but uh, it's, uh, it's not for a beginner diver. It's definitely because it's like strong currents and quite deep. But uh, hammerhead sharks will migrate past Taiwan uh, around January, February time every winter. So you can yeah, you can see schools of hammerheads. Whoa, man, that's a uh, yeah, that's definitely not for beginners. I'm not trying to deal with <laughs> sharks the first time going. <laughs> um, okay, so and you mentioned the Philippines. Um, where else have you uh, scuba dived? Okay, so I originally come from Vancouver Island on the west coast of Canada. So that's where I did the first five years of diving. Water temperature, on average, 8 degrees. We have the world's largest species of octopus, um, sea lions, even uh, killer whales sometimes. And uh, I've, uh, other than that, I've pretty much dove mostly in Asia. I've done Australia. I've done Hawaii. And then in Asia would be, uh, I used to work in Okinawa, also in Thailand and Bali. I used to work in Bali. So now I'm here in Taiwan doing the dive business. Where do you think Taiwan ranks in terms of being like a scuba destination globally? Well, that's a very interesting question because uh, I did find some information from Jacques Cousteau from the 70s. And at, and at that time, they rated Taiwan as one of the best in the world. It's changed, uh, unfortunately, due to overfishing. Now, uh, don't, don't get me wrong, there's still lots of cool things to see in the ocean. I just think maybe 30, 40 years ago, you would have seen a lot uh, healthier reefs 
And uh, now, though, like, for example, Green Island has changed a lot in the sense that there's more uh, effort into preserving the ecosystem in Green Island. So from what I've heard from talking to people from, say, 20 years ago till now, there's been a huge improvement. So I would rank it as not like A+, plus, but maybe a B+. Plus. And maybe, you know, in 10 more years, because things are improving, maybe it'll be an A+, plus in the future. So talk about improvements. Uh, what has the government done to improve or make it better? Well, in the South, uh, they've mostly focused on Green Island and uh, Kenting. These areas are protected from fishermen. So uh, they promote um, marine uh, sports and activities in those areas. And e- even if I just go out there on my own fishing as one person, I'll get in trouble. So uh, they, they've put a lot of effort in the South. But here in the North, they, the rules they have is like, uh, boats are, uh, they need to keep a certain distance from the coast. And then the, the fishermen on the shore who, you know, fish by hand, they can't go that far out. So when we go scuba diving, we're kind of in a Goldilocks zone between where the boats can't go and where the people on the shore can't go. And for that reason, uh, scuba diving, actually, there, there's lots of fish to see. But how has uh, pollution or anything like that affected uh, scuba diving in these places? So I think the biggest problem from, from what I've seen would have to be uh, dealing with trash, garbage, basically, uh, in the ocean. And uh, specifically, of course, plastic. One major problem is plastic bags. Uh, the sea turtles uh, mistaken it for jellyfish. Even me, when I'm scuba diving, I might I, I mistake in garbage bags for jellyfish. Obviously, when I swim closer, I know it's a garbage bag, but that, that's a major problem. Uh, there's tons and tons of garbage in the ocean. And uh, here in Fulong Beach, it's a beautiful beach because people clean it regularly. But every time a storm comes, all the garbage from the ocean gets thrown up on the beach and people are shocked and they're like, wow, Fulong is a very messy beach. And actually, you know, we do, we do continuously clean it. But that's just the beach. If you see the entire coast, like I could drive you along the coast and show you just how much garbage there is in the ocean. It's kind of shocking. Yeah, it's really sad, actually. Um, and but but I guess the the government initiative to cut off free plastic bags for um, for places is uh, is a good step towards that. Yeah, if if you don't mind me adding to that, from what I've seen with my own eyes, I I, I really hate to say it is the fishermen are very bad at throwing garbage. Like there's an area just north of uh, London Bay. It's just right next to it. It's called Beetle Harbor. It's probably the most polluted dive site, and it's the second most popular site in the north. The fishermen will sit there and just throw their food scraps and their you know lunch boxes directly in the ocean. I've seen it on numerous occasions. So that is really a huge problem that I've seen here in the north area of Taiwan. Oh, man, that's horrible. Do you ever get to tell them or be like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that? Or do you think you'd be uh, received well if you did that? Yeah, see, that's a complicated question because uh, just because I'm a foreigner, for one, and uh, I just don't want to have problems with locals. The other problem is um, the fishermen really hate scuba divers. They actually believe that we scare the fish, which is silly, to be honest, because I've taken photos of every single fish I've ever seen underwater. I have like a, a library of photos. So we don't scare the fish uh, away. And I've actually had three altercations with fishermen. Uh, just basically, they don't want me scuba diving where I dive. So I, I don't think it's the right approach, to be honest, to tell them to stop throwing garbage. There has to be another way to, 
deal with that. The, the best way is to talk to Coast Guards. And I have some Coast Guard friends that help me sometimes. Uh, let's shift to the conversation to climate change. Uh, how has the shift in global temperatures affected the waters that you, you know, scuba dive in, the health of the sea life and health of the reefs uh, around Taiwan? All right. Well, that's a good question. So about the uh, ocean temperature, I don't think it's changed significantly in the sense where maybe I've personally noticed it because we sometimes get like very cold uh, water masses coming in the middle of summer and warm water masses in the w- winter. But I will say... Uh, there is definitely a frequency of typhoons uh, related to warmer ocean temperatures, like on, on a more global sense, which brings more powerful and stronger frequent typhoons to Taiwan. And from what I've seen, we have two particular dive sites here in Fulong, which are just abundant in coral. And uh, what I saw in 2015, we got hit by a very strong uh, typhoon. I remember the maximum waves were like, 20, uh, no, sorry, 15 meters. And when I went diving, uh, basically all the corals got ripped off the rocks at my favorite two dive sites from the depth of zero to 15 meters. So even now, three years later, uh, a lot of the area is super damaged. So I think like in terms of climate change for Taiwan, that would be, you know, obviously maybe more erosion with higher sea levels, but from the frequency and strength of more typhoons, it's really destroying a lot of the pristine ecosystems. So what you're saying is um, it's not just pollution that affects the coral reefs or anything like that, or even just the temperatures uh, rising and falling. It's the fact that they produce much stronger typhoons that rip coral reefs off, uh, I guess, their mooring? Yeah, it was really sad because I had two sites that I was so proud of. You know, you jump in the water and just boom, there's life everywhere. And now what you'll see at those same sites, like there's still lots of life, but you've got to swim deeper. Now when you first jump in, what you'll see is all the rocks got all these white circles like everywhere, like polka dots. And what that is is coral that got literally ripped off all the rocks. So I think the ecosystems are not able to recover in time because the next summer came. Because in 2016, we got hit by another serious typhoon that also added more damage. So I think the frequency is the problem. Okay. Um, so what are the scuba regulations like? Is it any different here than elsewhere? Yeah, so internationally we have rules that um, me coming from Canada, we follow. What what I've noticed since I've been in Taiwan in recent years, there's been a lot. Like, I've been doing this for seven years in Taiwan, and when I first came, there's just pretty much everyone was uh, cutting corners. But what I've seen nowadays is the, the last two, three years is more younger people becoming coaches and taking it more serious, and that's that's having a very positive impact on the scuba industry in Taiwan meaning like more people are, you know, paying more attention to to safety and and having, you know, proper group numbers and and proper training. And that's not entirely true, but uh, basically if if a scuba coach were to break a rule, what you're supposed to do is is um talk to the the affiliate, for example, I'm I'm with Patty and then it if if there's a problem, that person can lose their license to teach. So that's the way it gets policed. Unfortunately, here in Taiwan, when there's an accident such as a death, which has occurred uh, every year once or twice, um, when there's a death, I don't think the authorities, in terms of like the police, will put charges on that instructor. Now, bear in mind, you know, scuba diving is, is dangerous, and it's not necessarily the instructor's fault when things happen. However, there should be an investigation and finding out the root causes of these accidents. 
How about scuba etiquette? Is it any different here or are there like, you know, things that you see here that are good versus elsewhere or bad versus elsewhere? Here they, they love diving in large groups, which is great because it's more social where I think like when, when, when I dove back in Canada, we were usually in small groups and, and here, you know, they, they tend to, you know, do like a barbecue and make a whole event out of it where we would just jump in the water and then go home. It was, it's really nice. That would be more positive. I'm also happy that there's more and more divers going because that, that allows us to confront the fishermen more in a positive way by outnumbering them. That helps. Uh, the, the negative would be um, the scuba etiquette, something that I really don't like. It's not unique to Taiwan. It's more like an Asian thing where they feed the fish, especially feeding them with bread, where they don't practice good buoyancy control, so they're constantly kicking and destroying coral with their fins. So I think like they they really should focus a bit le- less on feeding fish, um, and and more on their buoyancy control and taking pictures of the fish in their natural like swimming habitat. Don't don't feed them and to bring them close to you so you can take pictures and put it on Facebook. That that that's the that's my biggest pet peeve, I guess, just the feeding of fish. So well, let's talk more about your business. Um, what do you uh, provide for people who want to go scuba? Okay, so I have fifty six tanks. So that means I can take basically uh, 23 people diving twice in one day. But uh, my equipment, I have 18 sets of equipment. So the, the problem is if I have 18 short people, I'm kind of screwed because it's kind of like, you know, I got four of each size, so to speak, like super small to super big. Our location is probably the best on the in the north of Taiwan, at least, because uh, people who want to come dive and they can take the train. We have the train nearby. We also have uh, 30 parking spots. We got a bicycle trail. We're literally on the beach. It's like less than 10 second walk there. And we also have a restaurant. We serve Western food. Uh, we sell, I don't know if you know Wayland's. He had the poutinery. We sell his poutine here. And we also make our own ice cream. So the idea is like people can come take the train. We'll, we'll take them for two dives. I'll take them to some of my secret spots because we service more than 20 dive sites. We're in Londong, where most people go, they have three dive sites. So we'll, we'll t- service that, take them, then we'll come back and they can enjoy the beach or they can go home. We also have um, a beach house where uh, divers can stay for free if they take the dive course. Um, so like, what makes a good dive site? Okay, so from my, for me personally, uh, I think every site is good because every site's unique in its own way. But what I've noticed from customers here in Taiwan especially they really care about coral, and the more coral there is, uh, the happier they are. So we have two sites that are covered in soft coral, which are like every color of the rainbow. So for me, I, I prefer seeing like uh, special things like maybe like an octopus or a cuttlefish, um, things like this, certain types of fish. So that, that for me is more exciting. So yeah, so there's two types, I would say. One with lots of different species of animals, and the other would be lots of coral. Yeah, so that, that makes a good dive site. But the other thing here in Taiwan is people prefer easy and convenient. And unfortunately, here in the north, all, all the dive sites that are easy, meaning you park the car and you jump in the ocean pretty much immediately, are also the most boring sites. The, the be- better ones, you actually have to walk maybe 20, 50, or even 100 meters to the site from your car. Okay, do you ever boat to a, to a site that's a little bit further offshore? So about, okay, so yeah, about the government and stuff, uh, with 
boats is a bit complicated. I can't just get a boat, but we can rent a boat to go to Turtle Island and to Geelong Island. Uh, but we don't have a boat for Fulong, per se. But um, Turtle Island's really good. We we went there last summer. So we can arrange it. If we have a group of at least 12 people, we can rent a boat. And that place is cool because it's got like an underwater hot spring. You're You're literally diving in a hot spring. And they also have these crabs that are endemic to that island found nowhere else in the world. And they're like, they're the only species of animal you see in this hot spring. So it's, it's quite a really good experience. Okay. So how much does it cost to go for uh, two dives or just like spend a day um, at Scubar? Okay. So if you have your own equipment, uh, it's a lot cheaper. So my regulars, they just need air. Um, if you need a guide, we charge 1000 per person or 2500 for group. So if there's like four or five of you, you just pay 25 for the guide. That's two dives. Uh, equipment's a thousand a day, which is very cheap if you compare to other countries. So a thousand Taiwan dollars a day, and a tank of air is 150. So I have customers who just need air. You know, they dive every weekend, so they only spend like 300 for two tanks of air. Yeah, and what we we have a promotion right now because it's winter, um, which is like a membership. If if you buy four days you get 50% off. Or if you buy six days, you get 50% off as well. So four days for 4400 or six days for 6600 And that includes a guide, equipment, and air. Far out, man. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. But what would you say to people to incentivize them to get out there and scuba if they never have already? I would say probably start in the pool first. <laughs> yeah, like baby steps. Um, most people in Taiwan, unfortunately, who don't scuba dive, they, they join that class where the instructor takes them underwater, feeds the fish, takes photos, and takes you out of the water. It's an experience that costs 2500 and it lasts an hour. What we offer for that is 3500 and it lasts five hours. We take you to the pool first. We train you. We show you how to use the gear. We teach you how to swim in dive equipment. Then we take you on a dive, and we try to give you independence. So I would say, like, if you're not going to learn diving, you just want to experience it, make sure that you have the five-hour um, Discover Scuba course so that at least you're in the pool first. Otherwise, I really recommend you take a four-day open water course and, and learn how to scuba dive and get your certificate. But the main thing is when you, when you are a diver, you shouldn't stop. You should go at least once a month when you're a beginner so you keep your skills refreshed. Or, you know, if, you, if, if you're busy, at least, you know, a few times a year, not once a year. And uh, the other thing is now that it's winter, winter's actually great for diving because it's not bloody hot. You just need a thicker wetsuit, a 7-millimeter semi-dry. It's perfect for winter diving. So I strongly recommend trying diving in the winter, not only the summer. All right, excellent. Thanks, Nigel. Thanks, Alex, for calling me. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks to Nigel for coming on the program. If you're interested in scuba diving, check out Scubar on Fulong Beach. They offer paddy courses for open water, advanced rescue, and dive master programs. And if you're a good citizen who's committed to protecting the environment, check out their ocean cleanup events. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Talk, brought to you by ICRT FM 100.7. I'm your host, Alex Lewis. Talk again soon.